I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. This week on the podcast, we are continuing to talk about spiritual gifts. So before we even get into it, I would highly, highly suggest that you go back a couple episodes, starting with episode number 51. Uh, this is episode 53. So 51, we just gave a little preface to what we were going to be going into. And then the last episode, episode 52, we started off talking about four different spiritual gifts. And we're continuing that now with uh, a few more. So if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and start there. Don't have to. It's just a, a, a big encouragement. So we're going to continue talking about spiritual gifts. And for those of you listening who haven't listened to those previous episodes, we also did a spiritual gifts test. If you're not familiar with those, you answer a bunch of questions. You try to do it quickly, not think too hard about what you're answering. And then they have a formula and give you, you know, how you rate in different areas. And they give you what you, what are your highest spiritual gifts based on that so it's not you know 100 percent accurate of course it's just it's kind of fun to get an idea of oh maybe i i do function in that way so we're not necessarily diving into how we fared on those but as they come up we will touch on that so we're going to start this episode off talking about evangelism and those of you who have listened to the last episode we touched on evangelism a little bit i believe and you've probably heard us talk about it over many episodes, maybe just not in talking about spiritual gifts per se. But actually, I think evangelism is one that Trish, you scored high on. Is that right? Yeah, it's in my top three. Okay. So all Christians are called to evangelize and seek and save the lost, right? It's the Great Commission. It's what we read about in Matthew 28, to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel and make disciples. And it's what we're all called to do. It's a purpose that all of us have in our life. We talked about it in our purpose series that we did recently. So go back, check out episodes 48, 49, 50, where we talk about purpose. And in that, we talk about how Jesus Christ redeemed us for a purpose and how that purpose is to be the light of the world and evangelize the last. And so it's something we're all called to do. To be an evangelist means that you are a bearer of good news, that you are a bearer of the gospel. You are one who helps to set the captives free and to reach people who are lost and wandering and looking for hope. So even though we are all called to be evangelistic, there are people who definitely function with the gift of an evangelist who can, God has just put on their lives, uh, air of grace, a thing on them that just calls people out of darkness. When they speak, freedom comes to the captives. And I think of big names like Christine Kane or Billy Graham or just people like that. You can look back at the Bible, look at Philip, look at the lady at the well, you know, Jesus, obviously, like just all throughout history, you can look at people who are evangelistic by nature, who God used to help bring revival and God used them to help not just in everyday seeking and saving the lost, but in big movements to help draw in people who are lost and wandering. It's interesting because evangelism wasn't one that I scored high on. It wasn't in, they give you top, like a top five from this test that we took. 
and it wasn't one that I scored high in. And I'm not a very outgoing person per se, but over the years and things that I've been a part of, I would consider being more evangelistic. I've been in various bands, punk bands, hardcore bands, you know, things like of that nature where we were definitely had a not necessarily always preaching from the stage, but being very much evangelistic, trying to be the hands of Jesus. I would say the reason why I probably rate super high on evangelism as a spiritual gift is the fact that I I can say this to be true about myself. I bear the weight of in my heart the thought of people going to hell. And it hurts me. It hurts my heart to know that people are lost and knowing that people are out there without hope and and how much better their life could be if they had Jesus and I'm sure that's why I test high on this. You know, it's interesting when I do spiritual gifts tests. There, when I look at these gifts, there are gifts that I would think would be my highest, and other ones that I would think would be my lowest. But yeah, when you get the results, it's not always the way you think it's going to be. But definitely carrying that burden for the lost and going out of your way to reaching the lost is somebody who is evangelistic, somebody who has that by nature. I would wouldn't say that's always me I would say that's somebody who I always hope to be even if it's not how I am always functioning so I'm going to read out a second Timothy 4 verse 5 and this is out of the new American standard it says but you be sober in all things endure hardship do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry a different translation the new living translation says but you should keep a clear mind in every situation don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. The buildup to that scripture is talking about how people are just chasing the winds of doctrines. People have itching ears. They're trying to store up people who agree with what they say. I see people post on Facebook all the time where they're listing off all the requirements that they're looking for in a church. And usually when I see those posts about what they want out of a church, it doesn't have anything to do with Bible preaching, word of God, speaking, you know, standing on God's word as what their truth is, but it has to do with more what the earthly desires are, what they want people to preach a message that aligns with what they want the mess, the word of God to be. And so that kind of is the buildup to how we need to have evangelism and how people are storing up teachers for themselves because they have itching ears and they reject the truth and they chase after whatever they want their truth to be. But the work of evangelists, they come in and they speak truth. They speak sometimes that hellfire and brimstone type message, the eternity is in the balance type message that really calls out the eternity that God has put in our hearts and calls us to a place of recognizing that, you know, we are eternal beings and we can spend eternity in heaven or we can we can spend our eternity in hell. So that's definitely the gift of an evangelist. I would say it's more than just at what everybody is called to people who definitely carry that burden more so than it's always, it's what you say that is it's hard to distinguish this gift so much because it's something we're all definitely called to. Yeah. But I think there's just those varying degrees, right? Where you're going to have somebody who has a stronger calling where they're going to maybe go, in a literal sense, go out and really are like preaching the gospel and reaching these people and not necessarily in a, I don't want to, I don't know how else to say it, but in a smaller scale of just being 
a person who goes to their job and as much as possible acts the way a Christian should act, right? And shows that they're different, right? Mm -hmm. So this kind of ties in even this conversation to the next gift we're going to talk about. It's the gift of exhortation. So evangelism is what seeks and saves the lost. And then the gifts of exhortation is moving even from that gift of evangelism where you're speaking truth. But the gift of exhortation is encouraging people to obey scripture and encouraging people in the will and purpose for God in their life. It's when you go to church on Sunday and you're fellowshipping with other believers, it's that encouragement to grow in your faith, to go through the next steps of faith, to build and be discipled and become sanctified through Christ Jesus. It's it's people who operate in that gifting to help exhort you to the next step. And the people who want to help equip you to do the work of the ministry and help you through what it is that God has called you to do, right? Yeah, and when I when I think of this, I know on the uh, giftstest.com, it lists uh, some scriptures with it. And one of them is 1 Timothy 4.13. And I was thinking of this, but even before verse 13, there's uh, in verse 12 is a verse that I've over the years has been very familiar to me, but I'll, I'll go back even further to, to verse 11. And it, and it says, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. And then it goes on to say in verse 14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Right. And giftstest.com, it just listed 413, right? Which is just the, about focusing on reading the scriptures of the church and encouraging them. Right. But going back in the verse 12 is the one that, had in my mind for a number of years of the don't let anyone think less of you because you are young be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love your faith and your purity because now I'm getting older I realize that but as somebody you know as a teenager thinking about trying to be an example and not falling under the like peer pressure things right and just because you're young doesn't mean you can't be a, a good example to others, right? And and use essentially use the scriptures to base your your actions on, right? And be able to then call out others. Doesn't matter how old they are and how old you are if you're using God's word. Yeah, I agree with you. That was definitely a scripture that I used. I think of like a bowling alley, right? When you put the bumpers down and how it kind of helps you reach the end goal. And that scripture for me when I was growing up and even in my twenties was definitely that for me. It was something that I would think about often how I can be an example and I am young, but I shouldn't let the others look it down on me because I'm young, but I also shouldn't look down on myself because I'm young and I should set that standard in my life that, yeah, even though I'm young, I can still chase after the things of God and the fullness that God has for me, even though I'm young. And it was just a nice reminder in my heart I guess that scripture just to get that ball towards the pins you know to get that to that end goal to have that scripture kind of help guide me Hebrews 10 verse 24 says 
Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And that is so much the gift of exhortation to encourage one another and motivate one another to acts and to good works. It's inspiring when you're around somebody who is living a godly life and who is just energizing and you're with somebody who just overflows and out of the abundance of who they are flows out of them onto you. Like everything God is within them just kind of pours out and exhorts you and and builds you up and encourages you. I can think of times in my life where I've met people who just inspire me to run harder after God. And people with the gift of exhortation are that. They're people who just strengthen you and they exhort you and they inspire you to go hard after God. And not only that, but like they can look at you and uplift you and encourage you and motivate you. Definitely the goal of somebody with the gift of encouragement and exhortation is to help God be glorified. When they're functioning in the a purity of the gift and the, the truthfulness of the gift, it's to help God be glorified, which means God is glorified when the body of Christ rises up. And so if you have the gift of exhortation and you can help exhort people to walk in the call of God on their life, then you are helping God to be glorified. So the next one we're talking about is faith. And that's one that knowing what about faith, it's not something I would think, oh, that's a spiritual gift. It, it's kind of a, in maybe different places, it's not, I don't know, but it, it just seems like a, well, we all should have faith, right? Um, but this is, and this is one that actually I scored high on, where, and when we talk about faith, we talk about even when we're in the lowest, lowest of lows and we're not sure how we're going to make it, maybe it's a financial thing, maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's whatever, where you have that, that ability to believe that God has a way for you to get out of that. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely times where it's like, I don't know how, right? I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but God, I, God, I am having faith that you're going to help me here. And that's, I think the, the thing is of just being able to give it to God and try not to worry is the big thing with faith. When you're saying that, Thaddeus, I think of the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they're being persecuted and they're expecting God to save them. They're saying like, my God can save us and my God will save us. And even if all those things don't happen and God doesn't save us, God is still good. My God is still good. And just thinking about the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're in the fire and, and flames are engulfing them and they're essentially being burned alive, right? We know the, the end. We know that they survived it. We know they lived through it. Like in the song we sing, there's another in the fire standing next to me is talking about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where there was another in the fire with them and how a person with the gift of faith is like that. They can go into those circumstances and they can say, my God can, my God will, but even if not, my God is still good. Like there's just that undoubting faith that even if things don't go the way that that person wants and that that person really truly believes God will do, their faith through for God is still through the roof. Right, and it's the same thing with, there's so many instances of it in the Bible, but the same thing with, with Daniel and the lion's den or Noah and the ark or David and Goliath. 
right? There's there's always been that, you know what? God's giving me this thing in front of me, but it's going to be okay. He's going to get me through it. Right. And, I, and I think about, okay, in the New Testament, a verse that's very near and dear to a lot of people, a lot of people may have it, the reference tattooed on them. And it's Philippians four thirteen, and and you could you could Google it, and people you know try to debate whether or not it means what just that verse means because there's context and everything else, right? But it says, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength," right? Or different translations for "I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength." But if you go back to verse twelve, what he's writing is, "I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything." I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. He knows how to go about it because he has faith that God is going to give him the strength to do anything. Okay, just to add something here. When you're saying people with this tattoo, are you talking about yourself? I may be one of those people. (laughs) Also, thinking of this gifting of people with faith a lot of times they are speaking truth into darkness when, when the enemy's camp is all around them and things feel impossible. Like you referenced, you know, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We talked about Daniel. You, you mentioned David and how I just think about that story of David where, you know, he's walking into an impossible situation. Everybody's cowering out of fear of the Philistines. Yet David, he's a speaker of truth in this moment when all that is being spewed at from the enemy's camp is lies or they're being told, you know, they're, they're worthless. They're, you know, they're, they're not strong enough. And all these lies are coming at the Israelites from the Philistines and, and the Israelites are believing it and they're scared and nobody wants to go fight Goliath. But David, a young teenage boy comes in and he's speaking truth. You know, he's saying that through God, he can conquer this Goliath guy and he's just coming at it with the truth of who God is. And he doesn't need to believe what the lies of the enemy or even the lies inside his own camp are saying he can speak truth. He can be a man of faith. And, and just like throughout the story of the Bible, you're reading faith situation after faith situation where God stepped in and intervened and mighty powerful things happen. Another one is like where, well, how about opposite? Think of Gideon, right? Where his faith was being tried and, and the army that was with him was getting depleted and his faith was in the moment being built up and established. And I feel like I could go on and on and on through stories in the Bible of faith being built, but it is such a strong gift that some people have that can just trust in God to do to be who he says he is and and to do what he says he will do and to trust that God is the creator of the universe God is infinite and it put all their faith and I and I hope even though this isn't my quote-unquote spiritual gift I hope this is who I am too right this is who I want this to be my gift (laughs) even though it's not my gift you know on the spiritual gifts test but Obviously, that's another example of how we don't limit ourselves by what a test says about us. We use it as a springboard to help us grow into who it is God's called us to be. And I think we said it before, we all should have the desire for these different gifts. Not everyone is going to have the same giftings as others, but there's certain gifts where we all probably have an inkling at least. And I would think faith would be one of them, right? Just Mm -hmm. like evangelism we're all called to right there's just different things 
and different levels of, you know, what we as individuals are going to have in these areas. In some areas, it might be nothing, right? Doesn't mean we shouldn't desire that gift. So the next gift that we're talking about is the gift of giving. Giving to me is a, you can read about it in the Bible about, you know, tithes and offerings and things like that. But it's more than that. It's not just, well, I'm going to give X amount because this scripture says this, right? It's, it's to me, giving is seeing a need and trying to meet it, right? Where it might be, it might be just someone, you know, you could drive around the whole country of America, right? The land of opportunity and, and see homeless people, right? And I know sometimes you think, oh, they're, why don't they just go apply for a job? There's so many jobs out there. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And sometimes God might put on your heart, you know what? I have a $5 bill. I'm going to give this to them. Or you know what? Next time I drive through this area, I'm going to bring with some granola bars or gift card to Subway or what or whatever, right? The, people have those that it within them to say, you know what? I really feel like I need to give them something. Or you have a friend who's going through a rough time who loses their job and and you maybe, you know, they're embarrassed or whatever and you start, you know, a, a, a meal train, right? Or somebody who's just given birth where you're helping the family, you know, with a meal train. You see that all the time. Th- that's the gift of giving. As believers, it's so important that we understand that all we have is God's, right? All we have is God's from our finances to all of our things we own to our whole life. Like every breath we take is God's, right? And that's so important as believers that we understand that. But there is a gift that people have. I think of people I know in my life who are just so generous and they have so much joy in giving. And I would say our parents kind of fall into some of this category too, where the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And and I think of people who just want to bless you maybe gifts is even a love language that's tied to a spiritual gift but they are want to fund ministry needs they want to help the poor the needy and above and beyond what we're called to already do whether it is you know are you the person who gives 10 percent of your pay are you the type of person who who goes above and beyond the 10% because we're not under the law, we're under grace, so we can go beyond that? Are you the type of person who just depends on the Holy Spirit to kind of prompt you each pay period what it is you're supposed to give and where? You know, I'm, I'm not trying to legalize giving or, you know, say you have to give X, Y, and Z sort of way because I don't necessarily think that's true. I think every person has that that measure to which they are trusting God with their finances and they are saying, God, all I have is yours, and we then help advance the kingdom of God by sowing back into it. But I think of people probably who have this gift, who are just give so sincerely, so generously. Um, they're giving without any sort of selfish motive or hypocrisy, you know, thinking about the widow with the two mites, right? Who she put all she had in into the offering. And People looked at her and judged her because of how little she gave. But really, that's what Jesus desires of us is that we give what we have back to him. And the cool thing about that story of the widow and the two mites is that, you know, all these rich people were giving what they what they could afford to give. But the widow gave 
what she couldn't afford to give. She was giving out of her lack and out of her need. And Jesus said that, you know, she was more blessed because he went out of his way. Um, you read a lot in the Bible where the disciples ask Jesus a question and he gives them, them an answer. Um, I think of Peter because he's one of my favorite Bible people, but he always was <laughs> a lot of what Jesus said and a lot of our words we have of Jesus were questions that Peter asked. And I just adore Peter because he was willing to ask those questions, but that's a whole nother story. But what I think is cool about the widow and the two mites, it says Jesus called the disciples over to him to point out what was happening to show them that um, it says in verse 43 of Luke 12, Jesus called the disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all others who make contributions for they've given out of a tiny part of their surplus. But she poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. She gave it all to Christ. And when I think of people who have the gift of, of giving, they're giving all they have back to Christ. And I know for us, I think, you know, I don't know if either of us even rated high on this, but I can think back to times of marriage where we were living on nothing. <laughs> like we, we hardly had two dimes rubbed together and, and our best we could give was our time to the kingdom of God and, and make ourselves living sacrifices to God because we couldn't even afford to pay our rent, let alone um, give in a monetary sort of way. And in, and if we did give, it was really out of our, our lack and out of our faith and trusting in God that he was going to provide for us. And so it's just, I just know that feeling she had, and not that I want to be compared to her because I am no way as awesome as her, but. No, but I think even going back to what you said of not having that giving to have some sort of gain tied to it right of I'm oh I'm gonna give this and I'm gonna make sure you know I'm gonna present this check so people know right mm -hmm. or I'm gonna give x amount but I want to make sure that I uh get a get a receipt so I can write it off on my taxes you know things like that where it you know it's like just give to give right if if you feel you should give then give that the Bible says not to let the right hand know what your left hand is doing or your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I don't remember which way. But if you're not even supposed to let your hand, your other hand that's part of your body, know how much you're giving, why are we... Anyways, this is a whole different conversation, so I'm just going to drop it there. <laughs> but I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I just have seen it in in my lifetime, not just in the ministries I've been a part of, but other other ways where money has been so manipulated in the body of Christ. And so I know for a fact that people who have this gift are not using it in a manipulative way. Right. Because, well, I can't say no for a fact. I don't right. know no, that no, for no, a no, fact, no, no. But, but you I know mean, what I mean? Like it no, brings no. them joy and mo it motivates them. Right. I think w what I was getting as someone who has this gift of giving, right. And it's another one we should all try to have, right. We should, oh, yeah. we should want, but right. it's, it's being able to give without trying to gain something from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yes, we may have derailed a little bit there and it could be rubbing some people the wrong way of what we just said, but giving to just give, right. Not giving to gain. So, 
And what I think is interesting too about giving in general, and I know this isn't what we're talking about, but when the Bible talks about giving as being something we can actually test God on, we're, we're not supposed to test God on a lot of things. We can test God on our finances and, and trust that he will return to us what we give back. It's a kingdom principle. It's a principle of, of in, investing in the kingdom and then reaping that. And I would say we've seen fruit of that in our own life and seen, you know, trusting God with a little we have and yet never lacking ever. And um, anyways, that's a whole nother subject to talk about would be giving that we could go way deeper than this. This is just very, very surface level of just a few thoughts we have on giving. But I would encourage you, if you have this gift of giving, how awesome. Find those places where you can invest your your finances in. And if it brings you such a fulfillment and joy as it should, because the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Every time we give, let's do it with a cheerful heart. But if you have this gift of giving, find places to invest your resources into and into the kingdom of God. And I use the word investment because it is an investment. You are tithing into the kingdom of God and you will see fruit from it. Not necessarily monetary, but kingdom building fruit. If you've enjoyed this episode, again, if you didn't listen to the last couple, I'd, I'd highly, highly encourage you to go back and get a, a little groundwork laid from episode 51 about our introduction here to spiritual gifts or even before that when we were talking about purpose and then it, la the last episode at episode 52 where we we talked about the gifts of administration apostleship craftsmanship and discernment so i'd encourage you to go back to those and listen if you haven't so continuing on over the next couple of weeks it, it's seeming like we can hit on four in a week so this is gonna go on you know this is gonna be <laughs> quite the series uh but bear with us and and hopefully you will get something out of it and hopefully honestly that we will get something out of it by just doing a little bit more digging into these so we'll continue doing that and we'd love to hear feedback from you as well so if, if you are enjoying it or you or you think we should move on to a different topic you know i'm not saying we will but we'd, we'd like to know we'd like to some honest feedback from people you can let us know. You could shoot us an email at info at fallenshortpodcast.com or you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You should be able to search Fallen Short Podcast and find us there. And as always, it, we'd really appreciate it if you feel like you should to share this podcast with your friends. And you should be able to find us on pretty much all the different podcast platforms or you can direct them to our website, fallenshortpodcast.com. So until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys. Are you currently doing your own podcast, or maybe you're aspiring to start one? If you are, we'd like to encourage you to check out Blueberry Podcasting for all of your hosting needs. We use Blueberry today, and let me tell you, it's it's real slick. Uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin. So if you use our code Fallen Short, you can get your first month free. So you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast.